Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, back here again on Biz Radio Asheville. I never take that for granted every week. Um, Just definitely blessed. Thank you so much for all those that listen. Thank you, Matt, for your mentorship and just being a great leader for Biz Radio Asheville. And as always, I like to um, ask folks to download prior podcasts, download and listen to everything that's going on on the show. But let's go ahead and jump in because today's one of my favorite segments, our CPA (laughs) chat with fellow CPA, Michelle Tross. Michelle, how are you? I am great. Thank you. Wonderful. Michelle and I just celebrated birthdays and we were joking before about us being Gemini's. I still am into the horoscopes. (laughs) So uh, this is going to be our last CPA chat for a while. Um, We're going to be taking a little time off for the summer. So uh, I thought that this would be a nice, light and fun topic. We've covered a lot of great stuff. Profit and loss statement, payroll, um, 990s, all these great things. But Michelle, I was, you know, chatting or emailing with you before. I don't know about you, but as a CPA, outside of being asked, do I do taxes? I'm constantly, (laughs) right, being asked, do you know, you know, of any bookkeepers or if you're not accepting new clients, who can you refer? And I know you can relate, Michelle, there's really not a lot of uh, bookkeepers out there. That, that's right. Yeah. I mean, get it a lot. And also when I do teaching around the community, um, I, I also take the opportunity to touch upon this very subject uh, with the students, because I think it's important to understand. We, we call our accountants and, and finance people by all sorts of different names. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who's what and what do we mean when we say this or say that? And it's just all very confusing. So I think it's, it's a great subject, a great topic. And, and absolutely, I get asked this question a lot. <laughs> And it sounds really simple, but it is very hard depending on the industry that your business is in, um, how much experience that you have and your knowledge. It all reflects on how to choose an efficient bookkeeper. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Our top five list. And of course, there's a lot of probably honorable mentions that didn't make it, but just between 
what we've seen over the years and kind of just boiled it down. These were the key factors for picking an efficient bookkeeper that fits the needs of your specific small business. So Michelle, can you get us started with number one? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, first of all, the, the, the number one question is, you know, are, are, is the person I'm about to seek to be my bookkeeper or ask for assistance? Are they qualified? Um, and I think it kind of goes back to the idea of what is a bookkeeper? You know, mm-hmm. like what, just to understand what what is that? And and they come in all shapes and sizes and flavors, of course. Um, you know, you can have a bookkeeping certificate. You can even have a, a two year associate's degree or a four year degree. It really comes in all different shapes and sizes. Um, I think by definition, when we think about a bookkeeper, it is literally what it sounds like. It is somebody who keeps the books. And so what I try to explain even to my clients is, you know, uh, you you can absolutely uh, get someone to keep the books for you. When you start getting into accountants and then CPAs, you're talking about a wider depth, breadth and scope of understanding and experience so that it's not, you know, someone who is a bookkeeper is very skilled, of course, at, you know, entering the transactions, understanding the debits and the credits. Uh, As you start to get into, like I said, an accountant or a CPA, there's, like I said, just a wider scope of understanding in terms of their experience, their education, and how they can relate those transactions, getting those in the debits and the credits to the overall organization or to the overall financial impact that that transaction has uh, on on the the books, on the records, on the business. So going back to are they qualified, it's really a matter of understanding exactly. And I think that folks should be should be feel free to ask, are you are you certified? Do you have a specific degree and understand what what does that mean? And and then understand what when they say I have an associate's degree, what does that what does that mean? Two years of, of accounting experience. That's great. And so just understanding that point, I think, is super important. You hit so many good points and definitely the difference between bookkeeper versus accountant slash CPA. And because Michelle and I, Michelle, I know you probably don't do much bookkeeping at all anymore, but I still do some bookkeeping for my clients. And so they kind of get the best of both worlds because you're getting that CPA almost 20 years of experience. But then I'm also doing kind of what most of us accountants say, kind of more of the remedial task of the the bookkeeping. So I do have clients where I teach them the bookkeeping piece. And then I just come in monthly, review the books, because like you said, depending on the type of accounting that the business is having. If you have inventory or if you're depreciating assets, that's something that might be a little bit more complicated than your average bookkeeper's experience. So even though I know a lot of you guys listening are like, well, I'm not an accountant. I just own a business. I don't know what type of experience my bookkeeper should have. I would say at the minimum, they should have a certificate or the equivalent of five years of experience, I would personally say, because it takes a couple of years to get enough experience. Or if you do want to take a chance on a bookkeeper that has less experience, just know that they might need to have another accountant or someone that's a little bit more experienced than them that they can 
you know, ask questions too. Because we, Michelle and I, we still have questions right. with our experience. So I think as long as you have someone that's knowledgeable, if they don't know the answer, then they can go to somebody else and get the answer. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And and I think also just for clarification, you know, we do have folks on our team who who do the accounting or, or you could call it the bookkeeping for our clients as well. Uh, just be, like you had said, just because we can train, we can teach um, mm-hmm. and, and we have that experience and that depth and breadth of knowledge. But when we do the bookkeeping or the transactional recording, we have we can't turn that part of our brain off. So we are looking mm-hmm. at it full scope. Um, and I think that that really just sort of clarifies the differences. Um, and so when the, and I agree with you, when you're looking for someone to help you, uh, just understanding their background, their qualifications, what experience they have, how many years have they been doing it, and then staff your team accordingly. Perfect. And that takes us right into number two, which is how familiar is your bookkeeper with your industry? You know, so I always work with for profit businesses, so I'm not as familiar with nonprofits. So I did just pick up my first nonprofit client about six months ago, but I was very transparent with them and said, I've never done this before. <laughs> you know, like I've have, I've worked in pieces of nonprofits, but I've never been the um, responsible accountant for that. So you just want to make sure that if you do hire a bookkeeper, that they're familiar with typical issues or typical things that come up in your industry. If you're selling inventory, that's different from if you're just a consultant and you're providing services. Michelle, do you have any experience with this where it's like, it wasn't necessarily a good fit because you didn't have that experience or you've seen other bookkeepers that didn't have that experience. Still a good bookkeeper, Mm -hmm. but they just didn't have that background. Exactly. Um, I will say, you know, that is part of our consideration every single time with every client. You know, do we uh, when we provide services, do we understand their industry? And to your point, exactly. If we if we don't have a lot of experience, we will say, look, you know, we're happy to help you, but you should know we don't have a whole lot of experience in this industry. So, for example, a lot of businesses today are getting into um you know, virtual currency. Um, And there's also several businesses, even in this area, I'm sure you've seen um, that provide um, sort of CBD products or Mm -hmm. are in that sort of arena and industry. And there are some very specific um, nuances to not just accounting for that industry, but also from a tax perspective. So I always tell clients, you know, we, we don't currently work with companies or organizations that, that are in either of those fields. Um, mm-hmm. We just don't yet have that experience. And I don't feel myself quite knowledgeable yet. But that's an example of making sure that whomever it is that you hire to help you with recording the transactions of your organization, do make sure they have had experience in that field or in that industry so that it's translatable and that way they can get to get to working, sit down right away and, and not have any sort of, you know, long uphill learning curve, if you will. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And I've seen this from time to time just with teaching um, small business owners and coaching through Mountain BizWorks. And you do get people that say, you know, Michelle was awesome, but she just wasn't the fit that I needed. And again, as a small business owner, you have to be comfortable with having those conversations. And I would say that's why it's so important on the front end to get references for the bookkeeper. Ask them, hey, can I talk to some of your clients that you've worked with currently Mm -hmm. or in the past? Um, Can you give me a few examples of common bookkeeping strategies that you have for my interest? You know, just this is just like if you were going to have somebody babysit your child. 
Mm-hmm. you know, or be in your home. You want to make sure, because this is your business, this is your baby. You want to make sure that they're as familiar as possible. So number three on the list, Michelle, what do you have? I have number three as uh, how does your accountant or bookkeeper communicate? You know, what mm-hmm. what is what are your expectations as a client and how do they, particularly if you're outsourcing this, and that's what we're talking about here is, is an mm-hmm. outsourcing relationship, you know, how do they communicate? And there's differences. There's differences between um, sort of generational differences and there's differences in, you know, um, communication styles. So for example, I, I'm, I'll just, I'm showing my age here, Veronica, but (laughs) I'm not as much of a text communicator. Uh I prefer email because it's just to me uh, something I'm more familiar with and what I'm used to, for example. And, And I have a sort of filing system. I can refer back to emails and look at it. For text for me, it's, yeah. If it's not right there, it kind of goes away and I forget about it. <laughs> so. I agree. <laughs> and I don't even think that's generational, Michelle. I think that's honestly for an audit trail. You know, like you said, right. it's good to have that email. I can see the correspondence. I could pull it up. Now, I do use text in case of like emergency. Right. If I have a deadline, I've been trying to get in contact with this client. Very rarely, I might say, Hey, Michelle, I just wanted to make sure everything was okay, blah, blah, blah. And then they respond back immediately. But I'm with you. That's not my first um, point of communication that I like to use is texting. It would always be email. And I would say my my bottom is telephone. Yeah. (laughs) That to me is more generational as the telephone. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's so old fashioned the phone. But um, but you know it's it's true. You know there, I even have some clients who whose you know mode of communication is text, and and if that's their way of communicating, then we we need to understand that, and we'll set up. We'll we'll explain. Okay, I will communicate by email, but I know that you're not looking at it. So that would be if I need to make sure that this is just there for you on the once a week or once every other week. You check email. But if I need to like say, Hey, I need this, I'll text you because I know you're looking at your text. And so it just, it's just understanding each other's communication style and, and how can you communicate? And is this person that you're looking to hire or outsource the, the bookkeeping and the record keeping transactions to, is this person willing to work with you in your communication mode and then also style? So I tend to be, in case you haven't figured it out, I tend to be kind of wordy or verbose. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So I try um, my communications to be as succinct as possible, but I like to share information and I want to be very clear and transparent. So I tend to to provide a lot of information. I I need to to work with clients if they prefer a lot more information or if they prefer less and they're like, I can't read all that, you know, just bullet Mm -hmm. point it. It's just a matter of understanding, you know, each other's style. I think that's a really important question to ask somebody before they start, you know, working with you or before you hire them, because it's just like everything else. You Mm want to make sure that you guys are in sync. Absolutely. And I always tell my clients, you know, the first quarter, we're probably going to meet every month. Right. Because I need to be familiar as as familiar as possible with your books. I'm going to be asking a lot more questions. But after three months, I can get a trend of, okay, every month we have the spectrum bill, utilities bill, a cell phone bill, rent. But there are going to be some things that I'm not going to know. And I will send an email at the end of the month or weekly, depending the frequency that we're in 
the books for our clients and we'll ask those questions. But this, I will say communication is probably one of the, the biggest complaints that I have for people when I do get new clients or I'm coaching people that they're saying they never hear back from their bookkeeper. Right. The, the bookkeeper gets defensive when they do ask, hey, have you closed my book? So you do want to make sure that there's a set schedule for my yep. clients, Michelle. I don't know what your turnaround time is, is, but I typically say no later than the 15th of the month. I will have your books closed for the prior month to give time if there's credit card statements that don't end at the end of the month to get receipts into the Google Doc file that we use. And sometimes, most of the times we can close it faster, but things pop up, you know, and right. so, but we do have that understanding. Do you guys have something yeah. similar at your firm? We do, you know, and I think, um, you know, it's just working with the client is sort of our operation mode. You know, if that client needs it sooner, we, we work with them to make sure they've got their information as quickly as possible. If they need it um, once every other month or later in the month, you know, we set our schedules accordingly. So just understanding mm -hmm. what is what are your needs mm -hmm. and can your, uh, you know, a hired assistance, whether that's a bookkeeper, accountant, CPA, can they meet those expectations? And, you know, I also, when it comes to communication, I also ensure that our team responds to a voicemail, an email, text message within 24 hours at the most. Like it's just, that's just really important. You know, if they reach out, they should, they deserve a, a call back or an email back. And, and we, mm -hmm. we have to be on top of that. And I, I get that a lot from people who are like, oh, wow, you responded. Thank you. You're the only one I called <laughs> that actually got back to me. I think that's yes. so sad. <laughs> yes, I do hear that quite a bit. Um, so number four, um, what type of accounting software does your bookkeeper utilize and that they're trained in? So for example, for my clients, it's required to use QuickBooks Online. My business is called Balance Virtually because I like to do things remotely, virtually. So that's a very um, important question because even though we know QuickBooks is about 80% of the market share on accounting softwares, there's still other platforms that are coming up. I yeah. have people that I've learned about um, Wave a little bit. I have a client that said, Veronica, it's just like book um, QuickBooks. Do you mind coaching me in it? And I'm like, okay, I'll see <laughs> if I can do it. And it actually is very similar. Wave is actually 100% free. So it doesn't have all the bells and whistles as QuickBooks. But if you're just getting started, and you need the basics. Wave is an awesome alternative. I'm not as familiar with Zero X E R O, mm -hmm. but I always remember Michelle, that young lady that would come to our um, <laughs> NCA CPA meetups, and she was big on I use yes. Zero, I use Zero. So it, it's been around for a while, but again, Intuit rules the world. So <laughs> you want to make sure that QuickBooks. If that's, if that's not what your person's trained in or if that's not what they're using, just be familiar with, well, what exactly are they trained in? Because right. to me, every bookkeeper, for the most part, uses QuickBooks. Right. I mean, you're right. Intuit has definitely captured the market uh, for sure. And, you know, kudos to them for doing that. Um, but, you know, there's pluses and minuses to everything in life. And I would say that sure. I've, I've heard people as well as my own team, you know, you, you have a love-hate relationship with, with yes. QuickBooks. Um, yes. we, we, of course, on our side, we work with QuickBooks Online as well as desktop. A lot of our clients have more so moved to the online platform since the pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. which totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll work with either. We have some clients on Zero. We have uh, a lot of not-for-profit clients, so they 
also use a lot of different products. Um, but you're right. What I'll say to potential clients is, you know, we will work with whatever software you work with um, mm. because it's not you change to what we have. We want to make sure that we are accommodating meeting your needs with whatever software you work with. But I do agree that whomever you hire, make sure they are knowledgeable about the software that you're using. And if not, you know, try to find somebody who is. That's that's again avoiding that huge learning curve and yep. making sure that they can they can meet your needs. Um, if not, you know, if they're willing to teach themselves or they're willing to learn or train, you know, that's an option also. But right. there's a lot of different products out there. And I always say, you know, just keep in mind, you, you generally get what you pay for. And I appreciate okay. Wave and it's out there and it really helps a lot of startups and it's really easy to use. And that's great. Eventually you grow out of it. So just be prepared, um, you know, yep. to, to grow your software along with your organization. Perfectly said. And last but not least, Michelle, what is our top five item <laughs> for trying to find an efficient bookkeeper? Yeah. So then the next top five question I get is, so, and how much, how much does this cost? And what is this <laughs> price? You know, and it's just so interesting. I think, um, you know, by and large, I see most bookkeepers will charge by the hour. I see um, some accountants and CPAs, in particular CPA firms, may charge sort of a flat fixed monthly fee. Um, and, and there's a whole lot of pros and cons to both of those. Yeah. I think uh, make sure you ask the question, make sure you find out how much the service is. And again, use that and relate it back to their experience. Mm -hmm. You know, what qualifications do they have? Do they have knowledge in your industry so that you can use that as sort of a, a metric? You know, um, mm -hmm. it, it's hard to say what the going rate is because things have changed so much over the last couple of years. Uh, but generally, you just want to consider, OK, a bookkeeper may be one rate per month or one particular flat fee a month. But a CPA is going to be something totally different. But again, if you if you correlate that to the experience, what you're getting when you hire a CPA is you're getting a much broader depth and breadth and scope of that experience and knowledge versus somebody who may have uh, a certificate or um, some lesser degree or not be a certified public accountant. So you have to really look at them both together, not as sort of islands among themselves. Um, but make sure that you know what you're getting. Make sure you understand if I'm being charged a flat fee, you know, what, what does that mean? And, and be open to a discussion about it on both sides. You know, if, if a flat stipend means that, you know, I'm, I'm charging a client a flat fee, but I'm spending way more time than I thought I was going to, you know, maybe we need to come back to the drawing board of what exactly is it that you're looking for and what we're doing. Maybe we misunderstood from the beginning or by the hour, if I if you expected it to be X amount of dollars in total per week or per month, and it's more, well, what are they doing? Well, what is well, how is it taking that much time? Or what does it what is the end product I'm getting? So just keeping all those things in mind is really the key. Absolutely. And Michelle, I kind of do a hybrid where I'll have fixed bookkeeping rates for my bookkeeping clients, but I might say anything outside of that scope then it, it flips the switch and then there's an hourly rate because to your point, there's so many things. Once you have a client, they're going to be asking you all kinds of stuff, payroll, sales, all the stuff that is more of a, a CPA um, level experience. And like you said, the rates are changing, but just to be completely transparent, I would say most bookkeeping, if we're talking hourly, Michelle, 
I feel like back in the day it was like $50 an hour, but now it's getting close to the 75 to 100 yeah, it's it's pricey um, more than you would expect it to be. Um, but again, I think it depends on you know who who is it, how much experience do they have, and what are you paying for? Because I I just believe you get what you pay for, and and I appreciate your explanation where you said you know there's a flat fee and it's based on this assumption, and if it goes beyond this, we we convert to an hourly. We we haven't on our in our firm we we charge only by the hour. I mm -hmm. just have always felt like. Um, if I'm working, I'll charge you. You can mm -hmm. ask me, what did I do? And here it is. And here's the bill. And if we're not, then then we're not. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't really come across any clients that um, find that, you know, overly cumbersome to, to handle. I feel like that's the most transparent, at least for, from our perspective. But yeah. I think a lot of people are moving to this flat sort of a stipend kind of monthly fee scenario. Um and so I just I you know I'm 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 contemplating what whether that has a lot of merit or not for for our mm -hmm. team. But there's there are to, to your point there are these different types of charges, different ways that you may be charged for these kinds of services. And I think what's important about pricing is you know it's probably more than you expected to pay. But what are you getting for that? And make sure you're asking the right questions, um, getting all that information and relating it back to all the other things we just talked about. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, just like that, we're to the end of the show. <laughs> so thank you again for joining me on another CPA chat. And for those that are interested in Michelle's services, you can check out her site at michelletrosscpa.com, who's 10 years old this year. Yes. yes. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And again, I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in and please come back same place, same time, 11 a.m. on Wednesdays on bizradioashville.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.